0: All right, everybody, let's go ahead and grab seats and get started. There's uh, two, two of my favorite things to listen to on a Sunday morning. The first is this church singing, um, even off key at times. I'm guilty. Uh, and the second favorite thing to listen to is you guys talking. Uh, there's so much happiness and joy in the room and laughing and, and fun things happening. So I always feel a little guilty, like telling you to find your seat and quiet down. It's like, no, I want to do more of that. It's good. But I'm glad you're here. Um, and uh, there's some real exciting things happening at Grace Chapel, and I'm excited to be a part of that. Uh, we've been going through a series called "Churches Left the Building, and it has been a, a fantastic series Uh, We will be ending that series this coming Sunday, Palm Sunday, which will be uh, what we're calling a Celebration Sunday. And the hope is uh, we've already had a great response to this. Uh, People uh, are going to share their stories of what they've seen God do in the last uh, several weeks and months in and around Grace Chapel. Uh, Life group uh, leaders and facilitators are going to share and individuals are going to share. And so it's going to be a a morning of worship and storytelling, which is going to be really fun uh, and exciting um, so, today, however, we get to talk about um, the internet and social media. And you might go, what in the world is a pastor doing talking about the internet and social media? And, and there's, a, there's a reason why I think it's important to talk about, and that reason happened to be when I decided to pick the topics for, these, for this series, I typed in these words in Google's search engine, psychological studies, and I stopped and I read the suggestions that Google gave me. And the number one suggestion, when I type psychological studies, the, Google, the Googles the Google's suggested on social media. So that was the number one search when you type in psychological studies. It thinks you wanna, you wanna know about social media. So social media is a pretty hot topic right now. And in fact, um, I quickly became overwhelmed with the amount of data and information and studies out there being done in culture and in our society, on social media. In fact, I, I found this. Uh, I found a study that Facebook has actually done. So Facebook put on a, a psychological study, if you will, on its own users. And it average. It says the average user spends 50 minutes a day on Facebook or its other properties. 50 minutes a day on average. That's not. The high end, that's not the low end, that's just the average. And as I began to research this topic, I went, oh my goodness, there is a lot going on on the interwebs, and we need to pay attention to the interwebs. So um, that's uh, where I started to go, and I started to pray and wonder, God, what would you have us listen to, or what would you have us understand when when we live in a society where 50 minutes a day we spend looking at a screen um, and, and learning about other users that are looking at screens. So I found this, uh, this uh, actual psychological experiment that was done by the Association of Psychological Science. And this research study was done back in 2016. And I'm just going to go through it really quick. And if you're interested in learning more about these kinds of things, you can go to uh, psychologicalscience.org is where we find this uh, but they did a they did a survey. They took 32 13 to 18 year olds. Okay, so it's the group that Aaron is working with. That's this group of people, uh, that demographic that uh, Young Life spends most of their time with. They took 32 of them, and they um, they asked them if they could do they could study their brain when they look at social media. Okay, and, and of course, 32 13 through 18 year olds were like, yes, of course you can study my brain. Hook me up to all the little nodes and wires and everything. So they did that. Two groups. Group A saw a list of 148 photos with uh, three different categories of type of photo and then varying numbers of likes. So if you've ever been on social media or Facebook, you can see the likes and somebody posts a photo and they hit the likes and the like number goes up. So that varying number of likes, okay? And then group B of that, of that teen group was shown the same list of photos same categories yet different numbers of likes okay so you catching what they're doing Um, without fail without fail the students were influenced to like the photos that had more likes and less likely to hit the like uh, button on the photos that had less likes no matter the category of photo and no matter the preferences of the students so if that doesn't make us go wow we need to pay attention to what is going on on social media um probably nothing well the test determined the single largest influencer whether or not teens would like an image was the number of people that had already liked it shocking right so there's there's something important going on. And, and one of, the, cycle, uh, one of the, the, the professors at the university that did this study, he was quoted saying, teens react differently to information when they believe it has been endorsed by many or few of their peers, even when those peers are complete strangers. Okay? So some serious influencing going on in social media. And the reason I share this with you, the reason it's important to talk about this, it's, it's important. We have created an alternate reality, in social media, and that's just true. I mean, we spend 15 minutes on average a day in this virtual reality. That wasn't in the team group, by the way. That's all users on Facebook. Um, In this reality, we can get affirmation, but we can also get negation. The issue is, is we bring these positive or negative feelings out of that virtual reality and into our lives, and it really, really affects us, and it's important to talk about. To be honest, there's so much research out there, I was was overwhelmed by the data that exists about social media. And the interesting thing is is as I was doing this research, it began resonating with me in my own life. Um, And I noticed in my own life, I I do frequent the interwebs from time to time. I I do the Facebooks and the Tweeters and all those things. No, I'm serious. Um, I noticed that the way I felt after I put my phone down, was pretty down. Um, no matter what I looked at on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or my news feed, I'd scroll and scroll and scroll, and then I would put my phone down, and I would go, ugh, and I would just feel bad. I was even looking at images that I liked of my friends and family and doing different things, and, and all these pictures seemed good. But for some reason, I had this... Ugh, down feeling. So, I am not standing up here telling you today that social media needs to be removed from your life. Get it out of there. No, I'm not telling you to stay away from it because the reality is it's the reality. It's it's where we live. I'm telling us we can be careful and strategic with it and we can compassionately be the church in social media. And you might say, that sounds ridiculous. I never go on social media. I'm never even around. I've I've heard about it, but that's all. But the reality is, is this is where our society is. This is where our culture is. We spend so much time online looking at what other people are doing online. It's what we do. The reason that we shouldn't be too concerned or get up in arms about social media is because these effects aren't new. And that's why I'm not telling you, get social media out of your life. It's because ever since the first sin was committed with Adam and Eve, humanity has found things to be addicted to, and that's the truth. We We almost invent things to be addicted to. Addiction is nothing new, it's not. But I'll tell you this, if you feel like you can battle the addiction of social media on your own or with your own strength, I'm telling you right now, the battle's already lost. That is not the way addiction is fought, on your own. And the passage that I want to read this morning that I think is really important has something to say about our hearts and our heart quality. So let's take a look at it. This is uh, Luke 6, uh, 43 through 45, and this is Jesus talking. Luke 6, 43 through 45. Jesus says, No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the outflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. Fascinating little just snippet of jesus 's words, and there's a couple of observations that I want to make about this passage as we consider what social media does or doesn't do to us. The first one is this: the reason why jesus words are so radical and they may not seem radical to us as we read them today, but it was radical back then for Jesus to say what's inside makes you good or bad because the, the Jewish thought and, and his contemporaries, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the teachers of the law, they all thought what you do with your hands makes you good or bad. So if, you were, uh, if, if a rabbi touched a dead body, it contaminated his soul. That's what they believed. If you went into a house of a person that doesn't do all the appropriate sacrifices and live the way a good um, observing Jew lives, it makes you dirty and unclean. So their view was the outside stuff makes your heart dirty or clean. So, of course, they built all these rules and they said, don't do this, do this, don't do this. And and they had the law and they kept the law, but they were so concerned about, about their actions and what they did. They built law after law after law around the law that God gave them. They had like insurance plans built around what they were supposed to do and not do. And, and what that looked like was ridiculous things. Like th- there were certain things you could do, certain things you could say at a certain time of the day. I mean, it was, it was complex. And no one could really keep track of it. And the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were the ones that were in charge of it. So that's their view. What you do with your hands makes your heart clean or unclean. And you can kind of see the grain grain of truth in that, right? Because what you do with your hands and what you see with your eyes and what you say with your mouth affects your heart, right? It affects it, but it's not the thing that contaminates it or the thing that makes it clean. So a good Jew would say, hey, I really messed up last weekend, but I'm going to do this sacrifice, and it's going to make my heart clean because I'm going to do it with my hands. It's going to make my heart clean. And Jesus shows up on the scene and he says, no, 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 no. What, what is in your heart comes out. And if your heart is good, goodness comes out. And if, and if what's in your heart is bad, badness comes out. And it, and it threw that view on its head. So, so Jesus' view is you could be an expert in the law, but if you had darkness in your heart, if you did not trust, if you did not have faith in God, what came out of you was unclean. Now, how does that play out? in our topic of social media this morning. What you do on social media is a window into your heart. And it's pretty simple, really. The more Jesus you put in, the more of him comes out. This is the thing that I want us to remember this morning, the point. When you meditate on Jesus in his gospel, Jesus and his gospel is what comes out of you even on facebook of all places it's pretty easy to remember jesus in jesus out now i think a lot of us as we've either grown up in the church or we we accepted christ 30 years ago and and we've been a christian this whole time and we look at this passage and go oh great well i have jesus in my heart so so it's kind of free reign i can do whatever i want on social media or i can do whatever i want in life and and goodness is going to come out because jesus is inside of me and i think that's true to a degree But I think Jesus was also teaching his disciples when he said, what is in that's good comes out and what's what's bad inside also comes out. And it's true that we are, if you have believed in Jesus and you put your faith in him, that you are a new creature. You have a new identity and you're going to heaven and you're Jesus's and and he's excited about that, being united one day in heaven. It's going to be wonderful. But the principle still works. And you can be a new vessel, you can be a new creature, and when, when you put darkness into your heart, darkness comes out of your heart, even as a saved Christian. So the advice is still sound. More Jesus in, more Jesus out. When you meditate on Jesus and his gospel, Jesus and the gospel is what comes out of you. So social media isn't good and it's not bad. It's just a thing. To to ignore it would be foolish of us. When you start seeing the statistics and how much time as a culture and as a people, even the world, spends on social media. It would be foolish to ignore it. If you let it consume, consume you, it's dangerous. It should be seen as part of our society and culture. But this, I think, is really true about social media. It reflects and it amplifies It amplifies what you have put in your heart. And that's the response, the extreme responses we get from people responding to social media. It's one of those things that if you ever really want to get to know somebody, you really want to know what they're like, observe them while they're driving and they think no one is in the car with them, right? Then you start to see what really makes them tick. Social media is that times 10 because they're sitting in a room by themselves or on their little phone, and, and, and no one is paying attention to the words they're writing and, the, and what they're watching and everything else, and they can respond any way they want. And it's really hard to remember that what we do on social media, it's like a megaphone. It explodes into the user's uh, uh, profile or uh, uh, news feeds. You really want to get to know people in, in a weird, strange way. Social media is like this deep, intimate window to someone's soul. And I think that's why it can be so powerful. It's easy to feel a certain way in private and, re- and to react in private. And it might make you feel good to react a certain way or to get likes on your page or whatever is going on. But the problem is social media is not private. Private. It's one of the most public forums we have and we've seen that over and over and over it's always in the news jesus said from the mouth speaks what the heart is full of so why is this important to us why am i talking about this why are you guys being so patient with me and and letting me go on and on about social media if we don't understand the danger that exists in social media, we can fall away from, real, from, from really knowing and being known. And that's kind of what's at stake right now in our society. Do we know how to be known? Do we know how to know? We have this thing, this, this screen that, that seems to give us some of the same emotions that we, that we have when we meet a new friend or when we a- interact with a friend. It's kind of like it, but it's not quite. It's like a a hollow shell of relationship. As as I was doing research on this, I came across something called The Dating Project. And if you're interested, Google Dating Project. It's a movie that's coming out uh, in April. Um, And and it's it's about how people um, have forgotten how to date one another. Because there's an app for that. There's an app for all kinds of things. And somehow, this, the social interaction, we're starting to see people lose the, the ability to do that. And in, in the preview, they have this uh, preview you can watch on YouTube. They're interviewing a philosophy professor from Boston College. And she's describing her students. Every year, she gets a new batch of freshmen. And she said, as I observed them, I started to realize they had no idea how to interact with each other. They were always on their phones. They had an app for dating. They had an app for hooking up. They had an app for uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you name it. They had an app for everything. And it made them shut off. And so she said, so what I did is I started giving my students advice. This is crazy. Would you start dating each other? Put the phone down. Put social media away. And talk to each other. And so they're making a movie about it and it's fascinating and i gotta tell you i was halfway through this preview i started crying and i'm going what's happening are we losing the ability to just talk to each other our technology is so advanced and, it, and it's it's capable of so much but it's not a replacement and that is so important for us to know it's not a, a replacement Never forget that your screen, your social media accounts are not replacements for community. Never forget that when you meditate on Jesus and his gospel, Jesus and his gospel comes out of you. I have a couple of suggestions on what we can do. Things that we can do on a daily basis or things that can remind us to make certain choices in order to drive us together in community and to remember that what's in our heart comes out, whether it's good or bad. Okay, the first one is this. I call it join inward. You might know where I'm going with this, and this is one of my favorite hobby horses to get on. Get plugged in. And what I mean by plugged in is you deserve to be known, valued, and loved. And I don't know you very well. Some of you I know better than others. And I don't know what your life's like. And I don't know what you need socially. But I can tell you, if you're a human being, God created you to be known, valued, and loved. So, so plug in. Join a life group. This is why God pushed me so hard this last summer to push us to join and create new life groups. There's a couple of solid groups that already existed at the church, and I didn't know what was going to happen. I felt like God was saying, hey, you know, push people to join groups, small groups together. So I said, okay, guys, here's the deal. Let's do this thing called life groups, and this is where we're going to organize it and how we're going to sign up and do all these things. And a shocking number of you did it. 48% of you, in fact, did it. It blew me away. Couldn't believe it. If you're not in a life group, don't misunderstand me. You need to be in a life group. <laughs> can I be any more clear? Join a life group. And if you, and if you, if you try to join a life group and, you, and, it's, and it hasn't been successful, you haven't gotten along or you can't make the time of the week or they're meeting at a time that you can because of work or whatever, then start a life group. I will help you. It is so important to me and it is so important to you that you are known, valued, and loved. And and there's two priorities in a life group. One, I just said it, to be known, valued, and loved. And the second one is to learn how to know and to value and to love others. It's twofold. It's so important. And and just watch the Dating Project video and you're gonna go, oh my gosh, where's the nearest life group? I gotta join a life group. I, I promise you. God made us to exist in community. And if we're not careful, loneliness Can take over I was talking to my friend Jim Vanisdale the other day and we were talking about loneliness as a pandemic it is taking over our world and and at times because social media can amplify what we have in our hearts it can actually produce more and more loneliness if we're not careful so it's that important to me that you are known valued and loved and if you're not in a life group and you want to join a life group join mine i have one come see me get going on it, it i want to know you and i want you known valued and love okay have i beat that horse dead enough okay we're good this is the message that that people need to hear on social media that they need to be known, valued, and loved. So if you're going to do anything on social media and you want it to be strategic and you want it to be gospel-driven, tell people they need this. They need to be known, valued, and loved. Let social media be the jump starter for real relationship. Okay, join inward. The, The second one is join upward. Join upward. And what I mean by that is deepen your relationship with God. You were created to be known by the Creator. And you were created to receive his love and be able to reflect his love to those around you. That's what you were made for. So deepen your relationship with God. And maybe you're going, I've been trying to do that for years and I don't know how to do that. Well, I would suggest spending time with him. I would suggest listening to the words that he has for you in the scripture. That's what it's for. Listen to his words. Let them saturate deeply into your soul. Get to know him. And if if you're still struggling with how to get to know him more, ask him. That's usually what I do with my wife when I feel like we're at a a point when we can't, we're we're like struggling or we're arguing a lot or something. How do I get to know you more? What what do we have to do to know each other deeper? And we come up with ideas. Say that to God. How, How can I know you more? It's another life group plug. Be around people that know him. And that helps you know him more. Join Upward. Reflect that journey your desire to know God reflect that on social media Tell people that on social media. This is a passion of yours This is a desire and you're on a journey of getting to know God share that with them. That would be that would be very profitable On social media the last thing that I think we can do is we join outward Maybe you guessed it join inward join upward join outward joining outward. social media plays a huge role in most of our lives Whether we like to admit it or not, use it as a tool, not an escape. Use it to make real connections with real people. It can be an engager. It can be a kickstarter. But it doesn't replace the real thing. I know a lot of couples that have actually met online and are now married, happily married. And, I and, I, and if I talked to every one of them, they would say, this social media thing helped us meet, but it doesn't help us produce relationship. It's just, a, it's just an engager. It gets us started. Find people out there that need, to, that need a life group, that need to be connected. And again, if you can't find a life group to get these people that you're meeting out there plugged in, Come see me. They can join mine. My life should be going, whoa, whoa, whoa. How many people are we going to have at your house? I don't care, as long as they're known, valued, and loved. Finally, I have a couple of quick questions to ask yourself when you're on social media. Isn't this great? OK, here we go. First question, question number one, what is this doing to my heart when I look at this? What is it doing to my heart? I'm scrolling after you know, news article, after news article, after news article. And it's so good to know. Oh yeah, we got to know. We got to know all the things. That's what we, the way we are. We got to know all the stuff. But what is it doing to my heart? To read story after story after story after story of some dark subject, it hurts my heart. So ask the question: What is this doing to my heart? And then an even trickier question: What is this doing to others' hearts? What response do I desire from doing what I'm doing on social media? Is it because I lack affirmation and I'm looking for affirmation? Trust me, it's not real affirmation. Go to God for that. The next question Does this produce more faith in me? Is what I'm doing right now on social media producing faith or is it hurting my faith? Which one? <laughs> my favorite is this the best use? Of my time. I'm on social media way too much. And the answer to that question most of the time is this is not benefiting me. This is not the best use of my time. Ask those questions, and I think we can take a step in the direction of using social media as a tool and a platform to be the church that has left the building. This is what happens if we don't. I have to go negative, I'm sorry. We'll get numb. And I can feel myself already going there. We're getting numb. And it's just, it's just instinct to pull my phone out and to look at whatever last social media app I had open. There's been moments in time where I'm waiting for something like my son putting his coat on. And he's seven, so it takes him like an hour to put his coat on for some reason. And I'm like standing there with the keys, and I'm like, oh, idea, I got 30 seconds. Guess what I'm going to do? Look at social media. That's how deep this addiction can grow in you. You'll get numb to it. You won't even realize that you're not spending 50 50 minutes a day, you're spending more than that. Don't get numb to it. If we don't do these things, we will turn a blind eye to the pain and hopelessness people feel and they plaster it all over social media so everyone knows we'll become numb to their pain. If we don't do these things, We will be the church that can't leave the building. So many churches are struggling with that right now. I don't want to be one of them. I want to leave the building six days a week, and I want to be out there reflecting Christ's love to those who desperately need it. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for being a God that has designed us to be in community, to be in relationship not only with you but with each other. And Lord, I ask if there's anybody in this room that's feeling lonely, that is feeling disconnected, that is feeling like they're not known, valued, and loved by many people, that you would give them the courage to get plugged in in this church. And this church, Lord, as you know, is just a church. We're not better at it than others. We're not worse at it than others. But, it, but it's a process. So I ask that if you give them courage to get plugged in, you would give them the patience until they start getting those rich relationships that make them feel known, valued, and loved. Lord, I ask that as a church, we would get good at this. This is something that we would work, we would would prioritize, and we would get good at connecting people. And that people would be excited to join in because they know they're going to be known, valued, and loved, and they know that they're going to learn how to, to do that to others. Jesus, you are a God of love and of mercy and of peace. And it's easy to get overwhelmed reading news article after news article with the way that our world is right now. And Lord, it's nothing new. Sin has been around for a long time. So I ask that you would give us hope, that you would give us peace, and that you would give us the courage to reach out and to connect with others who so desperately need it. We love you, Lord. In your name, amen.